Every four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle function. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Wild Shape, an exalted actual play podcast from the crew of The Deliberative. This is where the story happens. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our first ever episode of Wild Shape. We at The Deliberative have been very excited to bring you this brand new show. And before we get started tonight, I just want to introduce the folks who are playing around the table with me. First of all, my name is Corey. I'm going to be your storyteller for the evening. And right over here to my left. Hey, I'm Charles. I'm one of the co-hosts of The Deliberative Podcast. And uh, I've been playing Exalted for a few years now, mostly play by post. Just recently started my own Chronicle, and we've done officially one session, unofficially two, but I don't want to talk about the first one. <laughs> session zero, I call it. Uh, it doesn't count. <laughs> um, hand wave. Um, and tonight I'm going to be playing Jax the Mirthful. Hey, everybody. This is Jim, uh, co host of the Deliberative Podcast. Tonight I will be playing Riley Lawman uh, that you may have seen on the FivePoles.com website as the character of the week. My name is Neil. Tonight I will be playing Vutes the Pariah, and I'm looking forward to uh, playing my first Exalted game with these guys, longtime friend with Charles. Absolutely, man. All right. Well, let's just get into the action. The small settlement known as Wanderer's Gulch had grown for decades like a brown weed out of the desert sands, clinging desperately to the life offered by the muddy pit that had once been a refreshing oasis. The gulch, as most people called it, existed for exactly two reasons. First, it was one of the only sources of water for a hundred leagues, and second, it was fairly close to the great city of Jim in the southern deserts of creation. Half of the buildings in the tiny town were constructed of wood, a scarce resource in the deep desert. But when the last of the trees had finally been cut down, the remaining settlers had turned to brick and adobe, and even later to the necessity of trading their precious water for building materials, lending the town an eclectic and mismatched aesthetic. It reminded visitors of a box of odd and mostly worthless knickknacks. In the very center of town, a hulking wooden edifice stood apart, no sign standing outside the building announced its identity to strangers, and neither were the walls or doors painted with a name, but everyone called the place the Angry Picket. It is said that in the early days of Wanderer's Gulch, the elders of the town gathered in the middle of the village at a hastily constructed stage to make their case before the rest of the settlers that the gulch should remain pure from the influences of the guild, who was then already trying to monetize the water trade in the deep south of creation. After their successful rally, the settlement was able to live without a guild presence for most of eight months. But when the last acre of date palms were cut down to use for building materials and firewood, the village quickly learned that they were not able to support themselves in the unforgiving climate. So the guild returned to Wanderer's Gulch, and the site of the meeting that had banished the traders was converted into something of a combination town hall, civic center, and rowdy tavern. It is a monstrous, almost tumorous construction, 
with walls and windows and uneven roofs mashed together at practically every angle, the outcome of years of pragmatic expansion projects. Most of the residents of the Gulch also know that there are a couple of rooms tucked away behind the bar where high-stakes games of chance can be played by those with enough silver. In one of these rooms, the infamous Yaga Redstones, a lucrative trader from the nearby city of Jim, is holding court over a very cutthroat game of stones, and the antes are most certainly not for the light of heart. A few minutes ago, a man in a floor-length brown duster had waltzed into the room, placed a handful of silver dinars down on the table, and declared his name to be Mr. J. All right, J, you're cracker this game. Yaga remarks, just loud enough to be heard over the music and carousing coming from the other side of the door. He sits down the stub of the cigar he's been smoking for the last 20 minutes and leans forward across the table, his piercing blue eyes shooting daggers at the stranger who had joined them in the last toss. That's Mr. J to you and everyone else here, the tall man declares. He brushes aside the pro-offered dice a pair of glowing red gems with dark black pips, and retrieves his own pair of bone-white dice from a pocket on the right side of his long duster. Stranger, I decide who I do and do not call Mr. Yaga warns with raw <laughs> hostility on his face. Yaga Redstones sits to the left of the single door in the room, his back to the wall. The newcomer, the self-proclaimed Mr. J, has taken a seat just inside the door. Now, now, Yaga, let this young pup have his fun, says Garum, the town magistrate, <laughs> a clean-shaven man with a squat, wide-brimmed hat. Besides, he's brought plenty of silver to lose to you and I, so we can indulge him a little. Better pass them bones around, Mr. J, and let everybody cop a good feel. We don't want no dishonesty. All right, so this is the setting. Now, how are your three characters arrayed around this table? And give us a little description of what you look like and tell us your names again. So Riley is he's seated at the table with um, his brand new suit hey, and brand new hat. The clothing, I guess, would you, the best way to describe it would be that um, it's like a cross between a kung fu gi and a leather duster. Um, it's baggy and the arms like like a kung fu gi but it has like the long flowingness of a duster but it doesn't have that leathery type material that you would find on a duster it's more of a lightweight material to stay cool in the desert climate so he's it's nice uh gray clothing with uh embroidered with uh big uh white cuffs right, and right. uh around the neck it's it's nice and white okay. with uh black buttons I guess I would say that he's just he's kind of giving everyone the eye. He's like looking everyone up okay. and down. All right. Uh, so my character, Jax the Mirthful, is sitting in between Vutes and Taruk. And in between rounds, he uh, is constantly seeming to pay attention to anything but the game. Uh, as he takes a very relaxed pose, he puts one foot up on the table and kind of pushes the chair back to where it's resting on the two rear legs and is constantly receiving dirty looks from Yaga Redstones and uh, Garum the Magistrate as they are having to clear their throat and try to get his attention to keep the game flowing. Uh, but he just mm. can't help himself. He is uh, a character of natural charm and charisma. 
He has very straight, fine blonde hair that comes down to his shoulders, and he has it pulled back very neatly into uh, a reserved ponytail so that the rest of his hair looks... It has this very fine, almost mirror-like sheen uh, with oils and things that he's put in it. Um, Natural juices and bits. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he flirts with the waitress every time she brings him uh, a refill of his drink, which is watered-down wine, because he wants to appear that he is drinking too much without actually suffering the effects. But Mm, he can't help himself. Every time she goes to hand him a glass, he makes sure that he makes more contact with her hand than he would really need to in order to get the cup back. Careful now. Careful now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think people can do that anymore in this day and age. (laughs) He's wearing like very worn but stylish gray leather pants uh, with kind of matching boots and not like a billowy shirt but not necessarily form-fitting either but it's very nice white uh, flowing material just like uh, Jim's character Riley Lawman is wearing so it's uh, in order to keep him cool um, copycat yeah he has a couple <laughs> of golden rings adorning his fingers and when he's not casting dice or putting dinar in and out of the pot he is worrying at a very worn silver pocket watch my character Vutes is sitting right next to Jax and next to the previously empty chair now occupied by mr j he is clearly uncomfortable in this room uh, he is the town pariah he had come into the the store to just drop off a shipment for some trade when Jax, who recognizes him from a previous encounter, invites him to come sit at the table. He wants a human contact, so he sits down but is nervous. He's wearing a head wrap to hide his very disfigured face that he has had <laughs> since birth. And the wrap can, keeps sagging and dropping, and he keeps trying to pull it up while not making eye contact with Garam or Yaga because they are shooting darts through their eyes throughout the game. He's sitting there again, just very tense. And as he sits there trying to understand and learn the game, he's regretting that he left his equipment outside of town as Mr. J comes in and sits down. (laughs) Hey, I'll make sure that, um, you know, since I don't really know you, but I've been trying to find you over the past, I don't know, several months, couple years, um, I'll try to keep an eye out for your uh, scarf falling, and when it does, I'll kind of lean towards the table and try to force attention back on me to give you a little bit of a window to readjust that. That's cool. That's cool. All right, so what's happening right now is that you guys have been sitting at this table for a little while. You've been playing this game, and there are around the table... Uh, eight of you, so the three of you they've just described yourself, but also Yaga and Garam, who we've met and Mr. J, who just walked in but then uh, Charles also mentioned 
Taruk, who's sitting beside him. That's another one of the men in the room. And there's another man named Bulin, who's very, very finely dressed. Taruk looks a little bit more like he, he's very dusty, dirty, uh, like he's been he's been wandering around or on the road or something for a while. He hadn't cleaned up in a while. Uh, Bulin is the exact opposite. He he is like in absolute male finery, you know, just buttons everywhere, uh, chains running from one pocket to the next. Um, and so, uh, and he, he, he's, he's sort of balding also. He's, he's sort of your typical, uh, barren, you know, railroad tycoon looking kind of guy sitting at the table. And so you've been playing this game now for a few rounds when Mr. J walks in and sort of insists on using his own dice. So the dice that have been being used are ones that were brought by Yaga Redstones, and they are indeed red stone dice. Uh, that's where he gets his name. These are, are glowstone, even. They're, they're, they have a slight luminescence to them. Ooh, and, cool. and now Mr. J sort of pushed those aside, saying that he wants to use his own dice, and he pulls out these white dice, which are you know sort of like what you'd get in a Monopoly box or something like that. He pulls these <laughs> out, but they're clearly... <laughs> They're clearly not Monopoly dies. I mean, yeah, these this is fantasy. Uh, so... <laughs> they're they're like ivory they're bone and uh he takes those and now yaga has has told him that he needs to pass them around the table or garam i guess told him that he needs to pass them around the table in order to have everybody check them to make sure they're not trick dice and whatnot and so here he's passing them around uh to his right so it goes to Vutes first so Vutes is going to take them in hand and even though he has no idea how he would even tell if they're fake he's going to pretend like he is checking him out and just nod his head and pass him over to Jax. okay Jax takes them in his finely manicured hands and as he kind of tests and feels the weight of them um i actually want to try to read mr j's intentions to see, like, to see if I can get a feel for if these are indeed trick dice. Okay. Why don't you roll a perception plus larceny? Well, Corey, I would like to use Swift Gambler's Eye, which allows me to lower the target's guile by two in a game of chance or strategy. Okay. And it's perception plus larceny. Oh, let me pull up the awesome onyx path dice app that's right wild shape only uses onyx path <laughs> yeah. dice app okay so <laughs> um so what i'll do is as i roll the dice between my fingers um once again testing for the weight kind of clacking them together to see maybe if one's hollow or if there one has a little bit of weight unevenly distributed to one number or not i'll ask mr j so where are you from stranger and i'm from around uh, these parts okay but that's really of no concern to you my silver should be enough to let me in the game and to allow me to play with my own implements if i choose okay well i was trying to uh stunt that by the way i, I was aware of your stunt <laughs> okay. and you shall be receiving a one-point stunt. Two dice to yourself, sir. Okay, oh, yeah. so larceny, five, perception, two, two dice stunt. That's nine dice against his guile minus two. 
Okay. That costs one personal moot. And roll it. Two successes. All right. To your trained eye, these do not appear to be trick dice in any way, shape, or form. In fact, they're rather perfect. Uh, a lot of dice that you see out in the southern deserts are, you know, hastily constructed, uh, you know, very crudely sort of hewn off or chipped away from some sort of precious stone. But these are very finely constructed dice and seem to be perfectly normal. Okay, as I pass them to Tarek to my right, I will respond to Mr. J and say, You're right, sir. Your silver is good enough. Unfortunately, soon it may be my silver. <laughs> he tilts his head towards you with a sly smile and then <laughs> sort of darts his eyes over at Yaga, who is looking at him very distrustfully. Hmm. Tarek takes the dice from your hand, just says, <clears throat> and passes them on to Garum. <laughs> Garum holds them in his hand for a moment and says, I like the feel of these, boy. They're not as pretty as Mr. Yaga's here, but all right. They pass my inspection and hands them to Riley. I want to uh, kind of... Riley's going to kind of um, just roll them around in his hand to get a good feel as to what, you know, the smoothness and the balance of them. Kind of bounce them in his hand a little bit. So um, okay. Now he's gonna. He wants to inspect these to see if they, if they feel okay. like they're make a they're weighted. Perception plus larceny. Can't use investigation. I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, he's gonna bounce them in his hand and like fumble them and then just kind of like just place them down, pick them back up, and see if he can feel any weighty, weightedness to it. All right. So you can roll. You know, if you're stunting like that, of course, just go ahead and assume that you get uh, the two extra dice for stunt. If you I ever got make six it, successes. okay. Wait a minute. Wow. Wait a minute. Did so, I play, play that right? The way that we will uh, handle stunts in the game is so that you're not just always waiting on me to tell you, yes, you got a you got a stunt here. Take two extra dice. If you believe that you're stunting by adding the uh, extra detail, yeah. then just go ahead and, and roll the two dice. Okay. And then if it's like ex, if it's ex, in like a two point stunt or a three point stunt, you know something that that uh you know we at the, as the table believe is really awesome or that i think oh, it's only like rolled one board. extra dice i'm so so into one die stunts i could have rolled another die six total successes so do you again i mean these these dice appear perfect there there's nothing wrong with them in fact they're, they're almost like more than perfect. i refuse to believe in the perfect dice <laughs> 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 they're too perfect <laughs> they almost seem that way <laughs> I pass the dice to Yaga for his inspection. Yaga takes them in his hand. He holds them. He smells them. He licks one of them. All right, boy. You can have it this time. Here you <laughs> go, Bulin. Bulin just pass them on back around to the boy. Bulin says, oh, of course, of course, Yaga. I wouldn't even know really what to look for. And then he, he passes them back over to Mr. J. As Mr. J takes my mark. As Mr. J takes the dice, Vutes is going to kind of be watching out of the corner of his eye to see if he's going to, um, like, try, I guess, try to shift, do a sleight of hand or something like that to actually switch out for another set. Okay. All right. So you will also be rolling perception plus larceny as he makes his roll. So he he has already chosen 
as the cracker. So uh, a little bit of explanation of the rules of the game of stones. It is played very much, and I mean very much, like the game of street craps. Only we have changed out a lot of the terms to make it more confusing for ourselves and our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so each round one everyone rolls dice and whoever has the highest total is chosen as the cracker that's the person that's going to roll the dice for that round he then will place the first bet on whether he will pass or pop a pass roll is a seven or eleven on the drop roll that's the first roll a pop roll would be a two three or twelve on the drop roll and so uh, the person, the, the the cracker is going to place a bet on whether he will pass or pop. Everyone else at the table will have to match his bet against him. So if he's betting for pass, they will have to bet for pop. A pop is a roll of a 2, 3, or 12 on the initial drop roll. And then after that, if he does not roll a 7 or 11 and thus pass, uh, and he does not also roll a 2, 3, or 12 and thus pop, if he rolls any other number, that is called the rub. And the rub then is going to become the new target number for all of those who bet pass. So if he bet pass on himself, he is now trying to re-roll the rub again. He's trying to re-roll the same number he rolled the first time. And if, uh, and if those who bet pop against him, their bet now becomes a bet that he will roll a seven before he re-rolls the rub. So if that is completely confusing to anyone out there, pause the podcast and go read the rules for street craps and just substitute all of these words for the real words in street craps. So that's the way we're going to handle this. <laughs> but then come back, come back. Like, hey, and then come back and, and listen away. to the rest of the podcast. Hey, how much yeah. um, starting silver do we have? All right, so here's how we're going to handle that. You've got enough to bet... Uh, appropriately okay so you can't it's more important that you have in mind for your character the reason why you would have enough money to bet what you are betting over the course of this night right so for um for jacks that's pretty simple you are a con man and and a bit of a shyster and a a gambler and you come here loaded ready to take everybody else's money for someone like uh riley you're showing up here with enough money to play in this game because you're trying to sniff out this enemy of yours right and maybe one of these people is that enemy and so you're trying to discover that and so you brought enough money to make sure you you have time to play to make that discernment Vutes, i have no idea where your money comes from <laughs> you don't need to worry about that <laughs> the more you so, ask questions the more problems you're okay to. okay you just you just want to know where that money comes from and how you got it so uh maybe you just you got some from the trade you just brought in to the angry picket and you meant to that to last you for a couple of months out in the you know in your sort of wandering home in the desert or something like that uh and now because you got pulled into this game you might lose it all here in just a couple of hands so uh maybe that's why you're here so Mr. J is the cracker and he is about to roll and ante for this game is one silver dinar per per game like per round okay so all of you have already anteed a full silver dinar that is the week's wages of a skilled commoner okay so this is this is high stakes 
So we've already thrown in one dinar each. And now Mr. J says, I'm going to start the bet at 10 dinars. Ooh. Now the way the rest of the table has to match his bet is together the other seven of you have to pull together enough silver to match his 10. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be each person putting in 10, but all of you together have to at least match a 10. I'll put in 5. Ooh, Jax throwing down hard. Vutes is only so, able to put in 1. Okay. Okay. Riley puts Tara, in 2. Okay, so that's we got 7. Um I think Tarek and Garum are going to bow out of this game. And Bulin is going to put in one just to see, you know, just to see it through. And I think, does that equal 10? Are we at 10 now? If Yaga, Yaga puts in one, Bulin puts in one, and yeah, Jack's five, that puts us at 10. Okay, yeah. so Garum and Tarek are sitting this one out. All right, Mr. J rolling the drop. And he's rolling. He's going for pass. Six. Six is the rub. So now his bet is to roll a six again before he sevens out. And all of you are waiting to see if he sevens out. If he sevens out, you win. Okay? So he rolls again. Five. Again. Eight. Again. Seven. He sevens out. All right. So all of those who bet against him now take your winnings. And it's time to ante up for another hand to see who gets to be the cracker. All right, boys. Let's see if we can do a little better this time. Yaga passing around his dice. All right, Jax, you are the cracker. Okay. Have any words for the uh, for the boys here? You're going to have to make a bet. Yeah. All right, Mr. J, you came here to play. Let's see how long you can hang. I bet. Oh, I like this boy's spirit. I bet ten silver. Oh, I see you're following right in my footsteps. Hmm. All right. And I put in three. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you are you passing or are you popping? Uh, I'll pass. Futes bows out. Futes is out. That's what I expected of you, ugly man. Wait, who said? Which character said that? Yaga. Fuchs just stares at the ground. He doesn't say anything. Tell me, tell me, Jax. Why, it is Jax, isn't it? Why did you bring this monster back into our town? Well, because he's a kind person, and I owe him a debt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you hear him yaga you hear this man he's a kind person all right Jax. all right i'll give you that Ooh, man i do not like these guys at all <laughs> <laughs> that's my settle friend down. you're talking about <laughs> settle down Jax. settle down just make your roll all right, hey, now, um, I do want to make a larceny roll before I do this okay. so that I have the option. Okay, so the way we're going to handle this is you will make a dexterity plus larceny roll. You can add charm dice or whatever else you want to with it, but however many successes you get on that roll, you may change the number on the die by one for every two successes rounded up. 
Okay, so I rolled ten dice for a total of two successes. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Okay, <clears throat> so you can move the you can move the number by one on this roll. All right, and you are betting pass. Yes. Everyone else, they've tallied up their their uh, their bets, and so they have bet against you. Mutes has bowed out. All right, so we are ready. Okay. You're getting ready to get. Okay. Oh, wow. I'm glad I rolled Larceny because I rolled six on the dice, so I'll change Ooh. it to a seven. Oh, <laughs> Yaga, this guy, he's got luck. He's got luck. <laughs> wow. What right, happens so... when my footsteps outpace yours, Mr. J? <laughs> Let's just see if that happens, won't we, young boy? All right, and so uh, you collect your winnings. Everyone else just kind of has a sour look on their face, and the antes go back in the pot for another round. Okay, all right. I really hope I get to to do the rolling this time. That's 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 my favorite part. <laughs> that's that's Bulin, the Monopoly man over in the corner. Oh yeah! Oh, oh excellent! Oh Yaga, Yaga! This is my favorite part. I'm gonna say. 12 silver dinars. <laughs> and I'm betting pass. I'm sorry. I always forget to say that. Pass. I'm betting pass. 12 dinars. Butes just puts in one. Uh, Jax Jack, will just make up the difference. How about that? Okay, so for whatever everybody yes. else puts in. every All eight people are in it on this one, though, right? So everyone at the table is in. And then uh, Garam just kind of turns to Tarek and he says... This guy never got a good roll. And Tarek just says, Yep. All right, so he's ready to go. Here I go, here I go. Nine. Nine is the rub. All right, here we go. Roll again. Ten. Rolling again. Nine. Yes. Yes. I did it. Yaga, I did it. Oh, Garam. <laughs> I knew I could beat you. <laughs> Pay up, everybody. Pay up. So, how much did I lose? You lost six, counting your um, counting your ante. We'll say you put in five to balance everyone else out. Okay. All right. And so um, so Bulin won that one. And now we're ready for another round. Everybody, ante up. Let's roll up here. Ooh. Okay, Riley. Looks like it's you. All right, boy, you're the cracker. I don't suppose you got any of your own special dice to use, do you? Or are you okay using mine? I'll use yours. Riley's going to look around the room just to kind of, like, get a sense of what everyone's doing. While he's, he's, he's going to have the dice in his hand, rolling them, and okay. just, kind of, uh, just kind of scan the room a little bit. All right. Looking around the room, you see that Garam is just sort of sitting back in his chair, one arm over the over the back of it. He's looking very uh, sort of calm, cool, almost like almost like he's bored. But you can tell by the glint in his eyes that he is paying very close attention to everything. The way your hands are moving with the dice, the way the people are counting their silver around the table. He seems to be a very competent uh, gambler and someone who is very used to this sort of uh, situation. Tarek, Tarek is is almost a barbarian in this room. He sits there uh, in in several layers of clothing. He he hasn't bet very much this game. He's he's bowed out a couple of times. 
he, he seems to kind of stiffly roll the dice every time he casts to see who's going to be the cracker. And uh, he's sort of gruff and, and, and honestly a little out of place. Um, of course, Jacks and Vutes have described their own demeanors. Mr. J has a very sly look on his face. He's sizing you up and down as you're as you're holding the dice, and his hand is in that right pocket of his duster where those two bone dice went back into a while ago. Bulin, he's just sort of looking around excitedly. Uh, you can tell from the way he's dressed that he is a wealthy man who just sort of enjoys playing with some of his money. Money that's really actually beneath him, even though it's a lot of money for like a common laborer. And Yaga, Yaga looks like he's doing the mo- his most favorite thing in the world. In fact, you've kind of put together that he's the one who's arranged this thing. And he's a bit of an out-of-towner. T- out he has a little bit different uh, accent than some of the others. He, he's... He, he's a gemite, uh, and so uh, and he's actually a pretty famous gem trader or trader from gem who trades in gems, and so uh, you know. <laughs> Your dentist's name is Crentist, huh? <laughs> and he loves to watch the old cartoon Gem. But um, I don't. I I do not. Full disclosure. I don't know how that song goes. I, I I've never oh, seen man. it. I swear I've never seen it. Um, I've seen it. Oh, <laughs> confession time. Well, if there was a cartoon oh. named Corey, wouldn't you watch it? <laughs> Zinger. <laughs> and the the correct answer is no. So Riley, what you doing here? Seven. Ah, pass. A passing roll. All right, don't keep us waiting any longer, Mister. Just get it going. Nine. Ooh, On the that's rub. a rub. Nine again. Ooh, very nice. All right, and so you collect the money from the table. We forgot to say how much everybody bet that time, but they were able to. You know, you you didn't even say how much you bet. I said uh, seven. Oh, seven. I thought you I thought you were betting pass and you were meaning you were betting on the number seven. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Seven oh seven. Both hand, you both want. Hand. All right. I, at this point, I want everyone to make a perception plus awareness roll. So take your perception, add to it your awareness ability. Roll that on the wonderful Onyx Dyson. Would the sensory acuity prana work here Corey? uh this is to detect a what what is sensory acuity prana uh, uh grant you bonuses their senses to? are heightened and attuned to minute motions and sound she can differentiate blah 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 the oh, sharp yeah. and it's okay cool all right so this is a sound based that detection that you're doing okay so if you want to use that you you have to use the is, is it something that you can activate reflexively yes. or just you have okay and would um what successes are seven and above right with tens That's and right. doubles and That's would right. I have a specialty awareness sight? Would that come into play here? Uh, it would not. It would not. Okay. <laughs> wow. In that case, I got six successes. <laughs> six successes. Wow. Okay. okay. I'm not really sure how to stunt a reflexive awareness roll. That's <laughs> 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 kind of hard. Yeah, it's okay. Just roll it. It'll be fine. Just, okay. You don't roll the stunt. Just roll the normal perception plus awareness. One success. Okay. What about you, Riley? I did not activate the charm, but I got four successes on perception plus awareness. Okay, so Riley and Vutes both hear something odd 
coming from the wall opposite the door. In fact, it's the wall that Riley is sitting kind of up against. And Vutes is able to hear it even from across the room, even at his place closer to the door, you know, out to where the uh, the tavern is. He, he hears it even above that with his finely tuned senses. Hear the sound of something heavy being laden against that outer wall. Just kind of some bumps like... Like something's being stacked on top of itself, uh, on top of something else, right outside that wall. There, I actually tap. Uh, I actually tap Jacks on the leg and kind of nod towards the back wall. Okay, and Jacks, you did not hear this, but he's tapping you on the leg. So, what's your response to that? Um, so I, I'm not going to acknowledge it, but I will kind of. So I've been reading. <laughs> air quotes reading the uh waitress's palm and telling her oh, okay. her fortune so i, will pull <laughs> I was wondering her down. how the air quotes were going to work yeah, on the word yeah. reading so <laughs> <laughs> we can neither see you read nor see air quotes so you have failed in every way no um so i'll uh playfully pull her into my lap so that she is now in between myself and the door so i can continue to do that uh, but still maintain a um, line of sight on the door. Okay. And uh, Riley, any any reaction to you from um, noticing this sound? I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait for now. All right. Mr. J, you, you kind of I am going to ease my hand down toward my, um, toward my flame piece. All right. Mr. J notices couple of you kind of perking up at a sound and and he um he, he says oh no i think i know what this is everybody get down and he reaches down grabs the edge of the circular table and hoists it toward garum so that the flat part of the table is actually facing the wall where you just heard those sounds that's going to leave riley garum and Tarek on the flat side of the table and everyone else essentially on the side with the legs that's now standing up. And at that exact moment, a couple things happen. Mr. J pulls his hand out of the right pocket of his duster and in his hand, Vutes and Jacks are able to see that he has a tiny hand crossbow and his finger pumps the trigger very quickly and a, and a bolt leaps from the crossbow across that space directly into the chest of Yaga Redstones. You have only that instant to see that happen before the entire wall behind Garum explodes and bits of wood and plaster fly everywhere around the room. Oh, man. (laughs) Goodness gracious. All right. I have rolled some dice. I need to know. <laughs> the so dice have been rolled. Th- that is yeah. a stunt right there. That, that's yeah. at least cool. <laughs> All right. As this wall explodes and the uh, debris is flying everywhere around the room, anyone whose evasion defense rating is a two or less just got hit with some debris. Now, this is unblockable, but it is dodgeable. Anyone get hit? Any one of you? No. Vutes did. Vutes did get hit. Go crush. All right, Vutes, you are going to be taking three dice worth of bashing damage. 
from this explosion. No. <laughs> Subtract. However, it, it rolled no successes. Oh yes. And so, so while the while the Jack's shrapnel is, from is this exploding wall rains all around you, and you're actually partially not covered by the table, and pieces of it are just hitting you everywhere. They're getting stuck in your clothing. Somehow you avoid getting hurt altogether. Garum, on the other hand, is not so lucky. The whole upper part of his body has just been, it's, it's spread all over the table. It's spread all over, uh, Jack's, the parts of Jack's that are not, that are, um, exposed around the side of the table. (laughs) Vutes, right. (laughs) Riley, Riley, you are covered in the gore of Garum as he's blown up everywhere. Taruk, part of his arm is badly hurt and bleeding. Bulin and Mr. J are hidden behind the table enough that they did not get hurt. And Yaga Redstones didn't get hurt from the blast, but he has a dart sticking out of his chest. And at this point, we are going to roll a joint battle. Now that's going to be your wits plus awareness. And this is going to set your initiative for this round. So everybody roll for me wits plus awareness. And we add three successes on to that, right? You add, yeah, you add three to your total. Jack's oh, and got I'm a sorry. Four. I'm sorry. I should have said each of you who were surprised by this blast, you take a minus three to your joint battle. Would Jack's get any benefit from me tapping him on the leg? Uh, he gets it from Danger Sense. No. Boom. Yeah, he would get it from Danger Sense, but not from that. Actually, right, so I what should. Do... Never mind. Uh, four. Four. Four for Jack's. All right, Riley, what'd you get? I rolled 10 dice and got two successes. (laughs) Oh, wow. Gosh. All right, and Vutes? I got 11. Successes? Holy cow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, first of all, explain to me, God, and everyone else, how in the world (laughs) you got 11 successes when you were subtracting three dice from a wits plus awareness roll. But I I rolled a success on the uh, hearing something outside, right? Yes, you did. Yeah, so I didn't take the minus three. Okay, I see. Okay, <laughs> I got I got so like I got like roasted. three tens or I got three tens or something like that, and then I have danger sense that adds two to the dice pool, right? It's just one. <laughs> oh, is it just one? Okay, in that yeah. case, ten successes. Ten successes. That How many dice did you roll? Bananas. It was, what, what was I rolling again? It was wits plus awareness. awareness. Yeah, so I had three for wits, three for awareness, plus danger <laughs> sense, so seven dice. And then, yeah. so seven dice, and I got like three tens. I already erased it. I'm Jeez. sorry. Oh my goodness! Roll history. That's, that that <laughs> is insane. That oh, is yeah, like there, there's roll history here. Let me check. Real that quick. is completely bananas. Yeah, I got. Oh, that's what it was. I got. There's no inye and bananas. There yeah. is tonight. <laughs> yeah, I got three tens, three tens, and two eights. So that's. Yeah. <laughs> okay we're gonna go with it we're gonna we're gonna go with 10 full successes by the man with the messed up face <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> i have a good personality 
<laughs> I'm pretty on the inside. <laughs> All right. So, Vutes, this has just happened. There is there is dust and debris everywhere. You have got chunks of wood and stone in your clothing, in your hair. It's all over your face. But you are somehow, miraculously, almost unbelievably, the first to act. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so my, my first thought is that this was a mistake to come here. <laughs> but and, and I'm going Carl, to he... I'm I'm going to uh, tap into my uh, yetim that I had left outside of town, whatever you deem is an appropriate uh, distance, and I'm going to okay. try to summon him to come to me. So and now, however, is that something that you are able to do? Uh, it says that there is no range limit on it. Oh, okay. so I'm going to take that's within reason. So if as a storyteller, if you think it's reasonable that he would be close enough for me to psychically tap into him. I would say, yeah, he, you had to leave him outside kind of somewhere because he's enormous. Yeah, he's enormous and he smells beast. bad. So, yeah. <laughs> so however long... Uh, I Does don't know. your Yetim... I think this yeah. is like the most important question at this exact moment. Does it have a name? Yes, it's a roll. R-U-L-L. Roll. Roll. Right. And he he has as ugly my, as the master who gave it out. <laughs> oh, and he oh, has my equipment. Sick burn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you are sending you're you're sending a message to him. Come now, right? Something yes. like that. Okay. Anything else? That's it. It's intense concentration, so I take that to mean I can't do anything else oh, for as long good. as I'm trying to call him. All right. Very good. All right. The next thing that happens in the in the like the very next instant is that Mr. J vaults over the table i mean just as quickly as he can right after the explosion it's like it's like he waited you know just two heartbeats and then puts his hand on top of the table vaults over it trailing that duster out behind him crossbow still in his hand now going into his pocket and he darts through the opening like through the smoke through the debris and it's just he vanishes like oh, you cannot no. see where he's gone he's just whoom, through the smoke and now it is Jax's turn it! so I'm going to take advantage of the confusion and try to scoop up as much silver off of the floor as I can <laughs> oh, beautiful. Like beautiful. Okay. So Jax but is just I'm going, this is how I'm going to do it. So the, <laughs> the wall exploded. The table's overturned. People are mangled and dying. I'm going to mask my theft uh, under the guise of going around and checking on people. <laughs> I see you going over to Garum just like, hey, buddy, you okay? Are you going to be all right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to find your head. I swear. Uh, just give me a second. Maybe it's here underneath these silver coins. All right. Yeah. All right. So you're, you're trying to mask your mask, yes. your theft. All right. That's good. I love that. I love that. Riley, you're the next act. What do you want to do? Riley's going to quickly whip out. Well, his flame piece is already in his hand as he rolled his uh, joint battle. So he's okay. going to run right out and see if he can spot Mr. J. All right, so Riley, everyone else in the room still very shell-shocked, except for Vutes and Jax, who's collecting silver, <laughs> and now Riley moving. Yaga, he's, he's, he's just, like, coughing. He's got this dart in his chest. Something's going on. There's, like, strange veins pulsing on the side of his neck. Bulin looks very confused, very upset. Tarek, clearly shaken. But Riley, 
leaps through the hole in the wall right after Mr. J. And as soon as, as sort of like he puts his hands in front of his eyes, jumps through the smoke, and then when it clears on the other side, he's out into the night air, and there are three men on horseback, each of them holding their own flame piece pointed directly at the hole and whoever comes through it. And just beyond them, (laughs) just beyond them, you see Mr. J leaping onto a horse, you know, kind of from the rear end of the horse. He just puts two hands on the, on the rump and just leaps himself into the saddle right in front of you. And so all of this, (laughs) you're just standing there taking this all in. There's, there's like gawking bystanders off in the way. Just, you know, clearly there must've been some sort of fireball and whatever else over here. Everyone in the town is shocked and you're staring down the barrels of three flame pieces. And we'll catch up with you guys in the next episode.